My pleasure. My pleasure. Can, can you hear us? Is it okay? Yeah, we can hear. A little bit of echo, but it is fine. It is fine. Okay. Probably my cell has been switched off. Okay. Uh, everybody, can you hear Mr. Arjun? Yes, sir. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's just get right to it um, and start off. We're really, really happy, please, sir, uh, that Mr. Bhattacharya uh, is here with us today. Thank you uh, so much for taking time from your extremely busy schedule. I know that, um, and uh, and uh, you know for taking this time on a Saturday weekend as well. Uh, as all of you know, this is part of this Innovation One Hundred series, which Venture Studio is bringing along with Entrepreneurs Club for the greater community uh, in both underground industry and outside. Uh, and today's uh, topic uh, is is very pertinent. For everybody, for every entrepreneur, for every businessman, actually, or even anything in general. You know, wherever you go, you have to fund, you need funds, and you know you should know how to pitch to get your funds, right? So, the topic today is about funding and pitching, and we have this Rajiv Bhattacharya to walk us through that. And uh, I don't even know where to start uh, introducing him. I mean, he's across the board, literally. Uh, so, he's a serial entrepreneur, he's the founder and CEO of Virtual Infocom. India is one of the first game development and VR app development company way back. He's an angel investor himself. He's the senator of the uh, World Business Angels Investment Forum, WBAF. Um, he's, a, he's a public speaker. He's a business matchmaking expert. He's an advisor. For example, he's ex honorary uh, honorable secretary to the Thai Travel Kolkata. He's an IT subcommittee member in CII. Uh, he's interestingly an artist as well. If you go check out his website, it's really interesting. Uh, if you just go over and he comes right up. He's an author, he's a community builder. I mean, it just goes on and on. And what's more interesting, he's of course a blockchain specialist on a technical domain and also AR, VR, game development. So, what is also very interesting about Mr. Rajat that is that he's been a startup mentor for more than two decades. Uh, and he's helped them across the domain, right? So if you look at his um, um, uh, domains and sectors, it again is really broad. Uh, he's worked right from, you know, uh, helping them with angel investment, venture capital. He helps them with business scalability. Um, he helps them with technology and innovation, go-to-market strategy. Again, it's across the board. Uh, and so we're really, really happy to welcome Mr. Ranjit here. Um, He's also worked a lot with the SMEs, so he's a business scalability expert and also finance technology and growth consultant for SMEs. He's worked with big middle corporates as well as MNCs. So again, even there, he's done the whole gamut, right? From startups all the way to MNCs. Uh, sectors, he's, he's obviously very attached to this space of deep, deep tech, etc. But again, he has worked across the board. He's also very actively involved with the Warman Foundation. Uh, the NEN network, and uh, it's uh, he's also started the challenge with DTIO, which is also a really big deal in India, as you probably know about DTIO. So, I mean, he's absolutely a treasure house of a resource uh, for all of us here, and we're very, very thankful to Sergeant that you have taken the time to be with us here today. Um, and without more ado, I'd like to hand over the floor to you. Uh, thank you so much, and we're really looking forward to your talk here. Thank you, thank you so much for the lovely introduction. 
I hope I'm audible to every one of you. And uh, uh, even though we talk about technology, sometimes in India we lack a little bit of uh, internet. So if sometimes you feel that you can't hear me or there is kind of network glitch, please let me know. I'll repeat my words. Well, um, without further delay, let me uh, try to do a little bit of screen sharing. I have a specific topic, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach you how to raise capital and in due course of that particular raising capital scenario, I'll be sharing you um, how to pitch and how to prepare yourself. Hope that is fine. Okay, so I'm going to bore you for uh, next couple of uh, minutes. Um, please pardon me. I have my own dictionary in English. So um, people used to call me that. Uh, uh, probably I can't speak English properly, so I decided that I'll be writing my own dictionary. So bore for me is beginning of re-engineered entrepreneurship. And uh, when you talk about uh, entrepreneurship, it's all about solving someone's problem or solving a problem in the world. And when you think of solving some kind of issues and when you think of uh, doing something really great on your own, uh, that very own structure of solving problem becomes a job of probably uh, a technologist or probably an engineer, uh, not only an entrepreneur. So what, what they do? So entrepreneurship for me is basically a journey and uh, that journey is never ending. When you start it, you just start it. There is no end and it's a lifelong journey until unless you decide that you want to quit. And when you are um, doing that, that particular journey, uh, for me, uh, it's not about the spelling, how you spell entrepreneur as entrepreneur. It's all about exactly riding on a top of a tiger. Now, when I am using that kind of metaphor, riding on a top of a tiger, it means you're actually sitting on a top of a, a tiger. You can't stop. If you stop, it will eat you. So your tiger is your venture. When you're riding on it, you get a pleasure that Wow, it's a amazing stuff that I'm doing. And probably uh, this kind of journey will give me uh, amazing um, uh, name fame, amazing money. But at the same time, you have a fear in your heart. You have a fear to lose. You have a fear that probably in the next few days, if I don't get my money from my clients, it may happen that I'll have a fun crunch. So you need to feed it. You need to feed it properly. So if you look at a tiger, we always try to feed the tiger with a little bit of meat. And that's sometimes raw meat. They don't like uh, cooked material. So we entrepreneurs, we also understand that our business needs raw meat. That's money. Without money, there is no honey. Very simple. So when you feed it, uh, if you overfeed, it may happen that it becomes really, really uh, slow. It becomes fatty. It can't run properly. If you underfeed it, it is always hungry. It might happen that you can't ride properly. It will become sometimes a little bit of fast. It will look for some different kind of meat. And that happens in maximum number of business. When we can't put money into our venture, it may happen our employee strength are becoming a little bit of dicey. They sometimes move to some other company. 
they sometimes don't stay and you get a gap inside the company. So before you go for fund pitching, before you go for any kind of pitch deck, I usually recommend to start a little bit of small. Now, when you are talking about small, again, pardon me about my dictionaries. I'm really bad in English. So for me, smart is uh, smart, small stuff. And smart, small stuff means uh, when you're running your venture, you feel that uh, when I raise money, it will really become big. I will burn someone's hard-earned money and probably um, I can get a lot of customer. So here it comes. What is your customer acquisition cost? That's pretty important. If you really want to take a note, probably you can take a note. Maximum of us, we don't feel that uh, we need to understand what is our CAC. We usually feel uh, if we get customer, that's more than enough. But to be very honest, when you're burning someone's money, you need to understand what is your customer acquisition cost at the moment. And that calculation is a number game. For an example, uh, your product uh, manufacturing cost probably uh, rupees five, and you are selling it for rupees ten. You feel that that's a profit? Probably no. In between, you have your marketing cost, you have your operational cost, you have your employees, you have your own cost, you have a deposition cost. There are a couple of other factors. Now, when you calculate, you feel that okay, fine. Probably I'm in a stage of no profit, no loss, and uh, I'm totally okay. That that's passion. That's perfectly fine. That's complete passion. That I'm getting a customer where I'm not making money, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting them. So that becomes your probably zero customer acquisition cost because your marketing cost now is a little bit of low. But now you want to grow. You want to grow the market. You want to get more customers. You want to get a lot of new uh, blood into the venture. You need to expand your team. So you decided that, okay, fine, this is my right time to probably raise capital. And uh, I should create some amount of small tech so that investors or other people can understand who I am and what I do and why I need some amount of money. That's important. Of course, you need money into your company. But when you do that, when you start asking people to give money and probably saying that I'm going to give you a ROI, that becomes really smart journey. So starting small, meaning is for simple, M for manageable, A for adjustable. And when you go towards the logical part, uh, the logical part takes you towards the larger vision. Usually investors like us, we love the vision of the entrepreneur rather than only understanding what is the ROI. Many a time it happens that uh, investors invest in mainly the vision, the logic behind the whole venture. And of course, of course, to the team. Until unless you have a great team, it's going to be very, very difficult journey. So let me put it in point wise. Uh, before I jump into those points, uh, let me market myself, what I have done um, so far. This is a little bit of um, old slide, but you can understand uh, the number of ventures that till date I have invested in. 
So these are a few of the global examples of my invested companies, uh, mainly into technology, um, fashion, retail, agri-tech, and a couple of others. Uh, so World Leader Summit is pretty new, which you can see as a logo. It's an ecosystem of entrepreneurs, professionals, and investors that uh, we started in uh, 2020. It all started around eight months back, and we came up as a big um, event, or rather I would say a networking event in December 2020. We had 90 plus uh, countries participation, 120 speakers from 90 plus countries with uh, more than 5,000 audience uh, into the summit. And we, we continued the journey with a lot of workshop, mentoring sessions, fundraising activities. Until date, uh, I'm blessed and happy that we successfully raised a couple of funds into the whole ecosystem. Now, when you're talking about uh, creating the pitch deck, the first and foremost point that you need to take care of is who is your first customer? So when we talk about your first customer, uh, we need to understand a couple of things. First, do you have any employee in your company or you are the only person? Do you have any co-founders with you? Uh, if yes, that's one of the best test case. Do you have a team? Now, when I talk about team and when I talk about employee, Please understand your employees are not your teammate. Your teammates are those people who are with you for your vision, for your passion, for your love, for whatever you are thinking. It can be any small, uh, maybe it can be creating a new kind of pen, doesn't matter. It can be probably creating a new kind of juice, uh, which is coming up as a healthy and nutritious juice. It can be from uh, spiriluna, uh, alternative source of protein, it doesn't matter. But the kind of people we are talking about, they must have same similar vision, just like you. So if you are not there, they can take care of everything. That's what I mean as team. It is very hard, it's easy to say that uh, get your right team done. Uh, it's really, really hard, it's not that easy. Sometimes as a student, sometimes as a fresh comer, we feel that our friends can be our great team. Great team. Sometimes from management, uh, we feel that, okay, fine, I have my friend who is doing MBA with me, or probably BBA with me, or maybe a normal graduation. Uh, both of them are doing uh, a similar kind of graduation. They handshake with each other. They felt that, okay, great, we are co-founders and this is a great team. Well, uh, the problem is sometimes it is no, because you need people who have got diversified background. Example, your friend is good in maybe uh, in operations and you are good in probably public speaking and you are the face. Probably you get someone who is great in finance, who understand the, uh, the flow of money, who understand how to manage it. These are the three key factors that you really need in your team. And of course, if you're starting a venture, you need a domain expertise. Without that, a lot of people say that they can run business, they can start it, they can start it, but they cannot manage it, they cannot continue it. I mean, if you don't want to believe me, that's a different factor. But I have seen 
when you don't have the exact domain knowledge and you start on that particular domain because somebody else is doing it, uh, well, yeah, yeah, and you somehow manage to get a little bit of funding into your venture. It can be a grant, it can be a starter fund, it can be friends' money, and uh, people are giving you a lot of uh, mileage in media. You feel that, wow, I'm doing great. But look at the mirror. Are you really doing great? Are you making money? If you're making money, uh, are you really profitable? Do you understand how to make profit? Do you understand how to flow the money that is there into your, into your company? Now, when we are talking about all these factors, the only angel that comes into your venture is your first customer. Uh, I'm not sure how many startups are here in this, this uh, workshop. So if you have started your venture, you know the pain, how to get your first or second or third customer. And usually we don't forget our first customer. Uh, that fellow sometimes believes in you. You are new, completely new in the market. You are completely uh, raw in the market. Nobody tested you. And that fellow is saying that, okay, fine. I'm going to buy your solution. I'm going to buy your product. I'm going to test your juice. I'm going to probably eat your uh, newly baked uh, cake. Uh, okay, fine. You, you started as, a, as probably a very simple solution provider. I'm going to test you. That, that's not a problem. Whatever may be the situation. Uh, usually I recommend when you create your pitch deck before that, you get someone as your customer and get his feedback about your product. It acts like anything. If it is a testimony, that's fine. If it is not as a testimony, is a some kind of feedback that you are getting from your first customer or second customer, at least the first layer, that's one of the amazing thing that you can integrate into your pitch deck. So the first and foremost thing that you should do to create your pitch deck, I'll go point by point. Uh, number one, the first slide can be about your company, what it is all about. If it's just an idea, we are fine. Then put some points down, what is your USP, why you are. The next slide can be who you are. Team of group of people, um, great group of engineers, great group of finance guys, or uh, it's a mixed mode combination, or you are not at all finance, not at all technology, you are a group of uh, agriculture guys. Okay, fine, that's, that's perfectly fine. Who is managing your money? Do you have any advisory board? Just put them into these few slides. So there are, there are concepts, you can, you can do it in the last level as well, but usually, if you ask me, what I have seen in the global market, uh, nowadays people prefer to see the team first, rather than see them in the last because these are the guys who is going to run the show so we need to understand who is going to run the show the third point could be why you need money that's pretty important you can say that this is i'm in the idea stage and uh, i need money to create my first uh, mvp um, but honestly speaking i'm not going to put my own money probably sometimes i don't have money but 
if you really have a little bit of chunk of money, for an example, it can be 5K, it can be 10K, it can be a lakh, it can be 5 lakhs, and you're making a statement uh, in your slide that I'm coming down from, I means your whole group, your whole team, coming down from this humble background, and we have probably 20 lakhs in our pocket as a total, and we are going to invest the whole amount of money because we believe in this, this particular idea. We understand that uh, it's going to be a tough journey, but if we start, probably we'll burn out in next few months and we need money to sustain, to continue the journey. Well, that's one approach. If you're doing that approach, uh, it's going to be difficult unless your solution is really, really unique. If it's a very common kind of stuff, people will think multiple times that shall we invest or shouldn't we? But these guys are passionate. These guys are okay type. They are investing at least whatever is there in their pocket and they believe in their idea. So maybe I can ride with them. Maybe I can come with my own knowledge so that they can think properly. Sometimes angel investors think like this. Now you need to define your pitch deck, what you're looking for. You're looking for seed money. You're looking for a little bit of higher than seed money. You're looking for growth capital or you're looking for scale up fund. Or actually you're looking for market expansion funding. Or you need working capital. If you haven't decided, I assume that you're in in, in the first layer, you need the seed capital. So I'll stick to that kind of point. And if you need more, I can shift more. Let me finish and then you can ask me questions. If you need seed capital, the fourth kind of slide could be, uh, which is pretty vital, is the finance deck. How much money you have invested or you are going to invest and how long you can sustain with that money and uh, how you are going to get your first customer. And now this is time to tell the world what is your customer acquisition cost. 20 lakhs you have invested. You have your team, you have probably your machines, you have your solution or maybe a product. I usually love product companies. Um, so if you have say, uh, uh, let me let me go with this. Is, this is like uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, probably, um, uh, probably a snacks. Can be, can be some kind of uh, probably a healthy protein bar. If you're looking for such kind of venture where you'll be making a healthy protein bar for the people and you have a tagline like, you know what, in India we lack proteins, we don't know how to become uh, healthy and we don't know how to eat properly and you're telling the world that we have invented this protein bar which can uh, which can enrich your protein deficiency in your body. And we are going to teach you how to manage a healthy life so that your immunity level uh, goes up. Even though you see a lot of advertisement in the TV that uh, if you include one uh, spoon of something into milk, your immunity will boost, which actually no, answer is no. But you're making a statement that if you eat my protein bar and if you manage your timing like this, if you work out like this, if you sleep well, and if you do one, two, three, four, five, your immunity level will boost and people are buying it, then you are a little bit of successful. Now, when you have your 
first layer of consumers who are buying your 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 protein bar and they are giving your feedback man this is really good we are really happy this is giving my belly a full of uh, good good vibration and uh, my muscles are really becoming strong so your first layer of consumer may be the guys who are going to gym so that could be your first level of point and you are trying to make partners with them but please try to calculate when you are taking out your car going to a gym what is your cost i mean the petrol cost plus the car cost i assume that the car is there in your home but that comes for a cost you need to calculate that you cannot say that it comes for a free come on my my father probably brought it well take it for granted it is there but it comes with the cost you need to calculate that now when you crack a deal probably with a gym and then the 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 gym owner says that okay fine give me um 100 piece of it i'm going to sell it inside my uh, uh gym itself and uh, let's see what happens and he's really really happy now you need to calculate what was your production cost packaging cost delivery charges and you get 100 consumers how much money you have made now what is your customer acquisition cost now when you try to raise money and when you want to say that sir we have got 100 consumers we sold 100 of my protein bars but my customer acquisition cost is such and such i am not at all making money i understand that if i really want to grow i need minimum 50000 people to buy my protein bars then i'll become profitable but to do that i need a marketing budget which i don't have that makes sense to me that makes sense to many investors these guys are doing they are passionate enough they have done their first layer of testing and probably this is the right time for them to go for a massive marketing campaign without that they cannot acquire more and more consumer because it's going to be a volume game it's okay for me so the fifth kind of slide which you can mention how you can back calculate it and how you can actually give money back to the investor now don't please uh, uh, think in your mind it's going to be only five slider it can be eight slider doesn't matter i'm just trying to tell you that what will be the points these are the key points you can you can in, include a couple of good pictures with a few good videos probably for your consumers that doesn't matter okay uh now you, when you go for from that finance to some other part the sixth slider point could be your future vision your expansion plan what you want to do do you really want to stick to your city for next 2 to 3 years or you really want to expand that's pretty important for any investor when anyone invest as a seed investor it can be it can be from a vc fund as well please don't assume that vcs don't invest in seed level they invest it depends on your smartness your your approach and who you are and how you're doing things it all depends on that uh well then coming back to the point of uh, roi please remember if you are taking money from a vc fund they have to make money they cannot just invest okay fine i know this guy he's so sweet his protein bars are great and uh, of course i like him so 
okay, here is $1 million. No, it doesn't happen. They need to make money. And the way they do it, they invest in multiple different ventures. They assume that from there, probably a uh, few bit of people will be failure and few bit of people will be successful. And this is a very ruthless decision. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry for this uh, statement. It's really ruthless decision for them to understand, okay, this guy is not going to make money, is not going to be profitable. So it's no point for us to keep focus on that X business. So kindly don't be that X business. What will happen? You get a media hype, you get a news, you got funded, media will put you like this, you got awards. And then after that, you're not profitable. People are not continuing with you and you get a sadness and you feel that, my God, what happened after five years? So don't be that X venture. Always try to raise capital in multiple stages. That's always recommendable. Get it done like this. Put a six months vision. Within next six months, we are going to expand from my city to some another state. And within next two years, from one state, we are going to expand into a uh, whole, whole country. It depends on the size of the country, even though uh, the two years timeline, I'm just making a statement for India. If it is some uh, Baltic country or if it is probably in Africa, I would have uh, stretched down the timeline. I would have said that within next one year, I'm going to expand into my whole country. Well, it depends on, on your location and your customer base, of course. And uh, the next level, I'm going to expand into probably a continent. And for that, we need more money. It's okay if you need more money and you're making a statement that you need more money. The first level of investor always wants a ROI back, a good ROI back. That's the reason they are there in your first layer of investment, right? And when you are making statement that I'm going to raise capital after probably uh, two years or maybe after a year or maybe within the next couple of months, they are happy. The reason they are happy is probably they can get an exit. So your next slide is really important how to give exit to your first layer of investors and probably second layer of investors if you have a great guy who has got knowledge how to do that. I can tell you, but uh, frankly speaking, I don't know the target audience. So maybe in a question answer session, I can, I can take those questions, take those answers, sorry. Um, so when we are talking about, let me stop sharing a little bit of uh, funny when uh, there is a slide, it doesn't make any sense now. Um, when, you, when you try to get uh, the second layer of investor, and you are saying your first layer of investors that, uh, you know what, we made money, uh, what do you want to do? Instead of that, in initial level, you say that this is the amount of money that we are going to raise. And this is the equity that we want to dilute. And when you come on board, uh, we are okay to, you know, dilute the X amount of percentage of my company because my valuation is this. Hey, I mean, come to reality. This valuation game is enough to be very honest. It's a bubble. We all understand this. Instead of making that statement that I am valued in X, Y, Z, try to tell the truth. 
what you have and tell them that probably in next one year, this is the amount of business that we can get. And this is the amount of ROI that probably you can expect. And when you are expecting a good amount of ROI or bad amount of ROI, if we raise um, another line of uh, money into my venture and that another line of money probably could be much more higher uh, and we are okay uh, if you dilute your equity with next round of investment and probably you take an exit or you stay with us with a very small amount of percentage we are okay make those statements initially it may change but show it in a smarter way right so that an uh, investor understand this fellow understand the money game he understand the pain point of angel investor who is taking a lot of risk who is actually taking a risk to understand someone whom he don't know it's kind of arranged marriage uh, in arranged marriage the bride and groom they don't know each other they're exploring each other in due course of journey so it's our responsibility to tell the truth in a in a slide that if you are investing with us this is the kind of exit that we can give you may stay with us it can grow up or you may take an exit after we raise that x amount of capital so there are ways uh, in the market where you can raise a second line of investment it's not a very big deal uh, some people say that raising capital is a uh, bit of challenging but at least i have never seen in my life that raising capital is really, really challenging if you have right kind of infrastructure and right kind of team and right kind of approach so the next slide that can go after giving a proper exit to uh, your investor uh, could be your uh, expansion plan and your marketing strategy and a full plan uh, how you can do it how you can expand your venture and where you lack so there comes a very important slide where you're talking about your strength weakness it's called sort analysis of course we all know that it's pretty simple so you talk about your strength you talk about your weakness and you talk about what will be the operational challenges and you talk about that these are the kind of teammates that we need so these are the qualities that we need for that probably we need uh, x amount of capital because it's really really high to get that those kind of people on board so my hr team needs to be expanded i need uh, probably some bit of people who are not from india i need people who have got international exposure they can actually uh, tell us where to go how to go okay i'll try to make it simple uh, let me shift a little bit uh, how many of you know that in japan if you really want to invest into venture there is a high amount of uh, taxation for them that's one of the reason people don't invest inside japan i mean the japanese the, the real japanese they try to invest out of japan uh, the only solo reason is the taxation that's a very interesting fact how many of you know that in africa you are manufacturing something uh, it's good for them if they are exporting their money flow becomes really amazing but if you are if they are doing business inside africa their taxation and their structure is completely different and uh, that's not really nice for them to make a lot of good amount of money and that's the reason they need a expansion plan they need someone as a partner i'm just giving you a few bit of tips few bit of key elements 
probably you can explore those opportunities. And uh, if you look at Africa, is Africa is not about only a particular one country. It's a continent. It's about I think 50 plus, I think 54 countries altogether. And when you talk to them, you will understand they have a massive ecosystem, which is actually thriving, and we probably don't know that. And uh, there are people they are saying that, hey, I have got this solution. I need someone, a partner, who can probably market our product into some other country because we uh, are doing good in our country, but we are not making a lot of money because of so many reasons, so many rules inside the country. So why don't you expand your hand and become partner with these kind of countries, uh, companies? That's that's amazing and cool. How many of you know that in a few of the GCC countries, few of the Middle East countries, there are opportunities on taxation, there are opportunities on expansion, there are opportunities on grants, there are opportunities uh, on incubation centers, where you can probably try to expand the opportunity to get in touch with some accelerator and they'll be telling you, okay, fine, we are okay to commit 50% of your money requirement. Rest of the 50% you need to bring on the table. So there are options, there are opportunities. Sometimes we feel that we are inside India. We don't really need to look beyond India. India is good. We are 130 crores of people. We have a big uh, country. So we are first going to penetrate India. Then we'll think about international. I usually recommend do it opposite. Sorry if I'm breaking a myth. Uh, but think of a situation. You started your venture, you get an opportunity to become partner with some company out of India. It can be an Asian company, doesn't matter. It can be in Vietnam, a small, small country, but they have a completely different uh, uh, money cycle. And uh, you feel that, okay, wow, I have got an education solution. I have a, I have a, a probably a, a SaaS model and I can expand out of India, initial level. It doesn't matter, right? And you get an opportunity, you become partner with them and you try to multiply this number with probably two to three different countries. And then you are coming back and telling us, hey, you know what? We already expanded into one or two countries. We have got partners, we are making money and we want to do the exact same thing in India. Uh, try it. I mean, uh, if you really want to trust me, try it sometimes. And you will feel that you are in a better position. People will give you a complete different perspective. Investors will give you a completely different kind of perspective. When you expand out of India, out of your country, it's not easy to understand international laws. Trust me, it's not easy. It's, it's easy to say that I'm doing global business, but when you are actually opening up an office in some other country, your knowledge level becomes really high. You understand now how to deal with legalities. You know how to deal with next level of bankings. The banking structure is completely different in each and every country. Okay, it's not common everywhere. Like if you want to uh, take it forward in Australia, so I run three companies in Australia. Initially, when I wanted to open up a bank account, there was a lot of different kind of questionnaire, a lot of different kind of interviews that I had to go through. And the only reason is I am a foreigner. I cannot just out of the blue go there and say, hey, I have got a local partner, I want to open up a bank, I want to open up a company. It's not that easy, okay? So when you try to explore the world, I always recommend if you have money, if you have money and if you have guts, 
always try to explore the world then come back to india and say that we are there in this country maybe in us doesn't matter we have got some uh, partnership over there not clients please remember it's not about clients it's about if you have existing office registered office address i'm talking about that and then you're saying that we want to penetrate india like this because they are working in this kind of model i'm trying to make it simple during pandemic lot of hotels uh, they they uh, they lost their business okay the hospitality industry till date is not in good shape lot of hotels are uh, for sale if you don't know let me tell you that uh, it's happening around the world i mean uh, it's not a new news but uh, during this pandemic do you know what happened in a uh, few parts of african countries the hotel owners they said that um, okay for next couple of uh, Uh, months if you can't run your office because uh, you don't have a proper infrastructure to run your office you come to my hotel ask your employees to shift entirely to my hotel i'll give you my rooms it's not free it's on a optimized cost and that cost will be equal to your rent of your office space they can stay in my hotel room individually and you can probably rent out a whole floor for that and you put your 50 employees inside my one floor so what happened the hotel owners they didn't make loss it became no profit no loss for them but they didn't made any kind of loss for a company owner they can't go to their office because they don't have that kind of structure that they can give a proper social distancing uh, so for them it became a real boon and these people they started staying inside the hotel room the food and other things was actually taken care by uh, the hotel owner with the costing but it became a win win situation the only point i wanted to make try to become innovative instead of uh, shouting that we are losing money and uh, uh, my hotel we are not going to continue because there is no customer you build your customer base like this that's one of the vital slide for you which is eighth point how you are innovative than others why you are that why question now this nobody can teach you it's you you are going to give that answer why you are what you are and if that why answer is there the last slide can be uh, your extreme vision what you really want to do and probably that can change in uh, maybe 5 years or 10 years down the line but it doesn't matter the statement should be pretty clear and uh, of course you can have a last slide which is a thank you slide and uh, i think uh, that's the 10 pointers i really wanted to give you um, and if you have any questions i'm ready to take wow thanks so much there was it was pretty insightful
show some, you know, things they did well, things they did not do well. Uh, how did you as an investor? I mean, of course, you have to scrub all the IP and conference chat and all that. Would there be something like that? I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I was saying that if, if you feel um, this is basically for seed level and idea stage startups. Okay. So if you feel I can always share it with you after the workshop is over and um, I'll try to share a few bit of sample pitch deck with all of you so that maybe you can follow that. That's not a problem. Sure. So, in your in your experience, where do people mostly kind of miss it when they pitch? And we're talking, at least from our context, we are an early incubator, right? I mean, we're an early stage incubator. People come in with an idea most of the time, and then they develop the views here, etc. So the first pitch is usually for seed investment, right? And uh, of course, India is a little bit different compared to the US. Uh, when I was in the US, and I know that angel and seed investors they look a lot at the vision, as you rightly said, and they look at the guy, the, the, the CEO driving it, and they don't look for any other details, literally. You know, at the seed level, in fact, early stage investing, angel, and they don't look for your numbers and traction, and all that comes really later. For them, it's the vision, the space you're trying to be in. And can you, as the leader of the ship, deliver? Now, in Indian context and all the other stuff here, what would be your solution uh, for when our startups try to reach out to uh, one investors in India, early stage, right? See, uh, and what should, what are your thoughts on whether our startups, not from our from Indian startups, how should they even think of maybe even approaching global investors at the early level? I'm going to see that this stage stage, not necessarily Series A, maybe a strong seed round, maybe pre Series A. Uh, but in general, that's the kind of funding we're looking at, at least for early stage startups. We are not into much of the growth capital right now. But when we execute this part well, I think the rest will follow. So, what are your thoughts on that? To be very honest, if you ask me, I usually go with the team rather than what is their future plan, what is their expansion plan. I usually ask two simple questions uh, to the team. What is your vision and uh, how you can make money? Now, um, I, I, I understand that in India, a lot of different uh, factors are being considered uh, with due respect to that. Um, usually in India, it depends on whom you're pitching, I mean, what kind of investor you're pitching for your seed funding. Uh, please try to understand 
what is the kind of investor that he is understand his background his appetite and his willingness to invest depending on that you really need to change your pitch deck i'm really sorry for this answer but that's practical that's really you know really practical in india in indian context there is no generalized uh, solution for this if you are meeting a person who is coming down from probably agriculture background he has got money you want to invest in some tech business you need to tell him or her why you are a technology solution provider sometimes uh, people run a completely different kind of business and uh, they made money from probably some uh, kind of venture which is very traditional venture and they want to invest in startups just because that uh, they never explored such kind of world for last probably two decades or three decades they are into a traditional business but they want to explore uh, the new possibility because it is cool it, it sounds great and there is a buzzword in startup so uh, they really want to explore the startup world so for them if you are a smart person if you are a smart uh, startup you need to tweak a little bit talk about something which is really cool and talk in his own language try to make him understand that for a technology business probably you need xyz amount you need to invest here you need to do this but usually what i have seen when people pitch at least i i can talk about myself um, i have seen that people are trying to show me data from google i don't need to see that uh, people are trying to say that uh, they are going to rule the world and uh, they are going to do it uh, with their idea and when i dig into their team strength they can't give me a solid answer why shall i consider them instead of someone else so the team needs to tell me at least as an angel investor why shall i trust you not somebody else now that's a very um, interesting uh, conversation usually that happens people say that i'm coming down from my 10 years working background i have got uh, such and such experience i have been running companies so i have got experience and then in that team the same similar kind of people are there who are who left their job they started their venture it takes a lot of courage to start a venture after doing 10 years of working in anywhere it doesn't matter if it is corporate or a small company it takes a lot of courage but i i respect that but when you ask them how you are going to execute how you are going to do they really can't give me any answer and they say that we have been doing it for quite a long time sometimes those people become angry so my humble opinion to to the to the people who left their job and they started their venture it is my job i am putting a hat on that time that i am going to manage my money as well as couple of my other hni friends money okay i am acting as a person who is managing money for them so it is my responsibility to cross check you don't become angry on that moment don't feel that i am asking too many questions i will be asking too many questions i will become bitter in the first layer of conversation and probably in second layer of conversation it's all sweetness i trust in a conversation where the first level of communication goes a little bit of bitter okay so that we understand each other there usually i have seen 
people fail a lot when they try to convince at least investors like us who really trust and believe on team first and foremost and the vision that's the main key point for us that's very difficult but coming back to your question like for india we usually uh, expect that startup will be uh, will be probably a, a banker and he can calculate everything give us the whole scenario uh, you know create a five years projection come on we need to understand these are these are startups they are they are basically idea stage guys it's not easy for them to calculate all those things but yeah because you are here in india at least try to give one year projection whatever you have think of it doesn't matter and if you get a good person in front of you he will tell you okay guys you have done your best you are trying to say this this is your cost this is your expenditure make it simple my cost and my income and profit or loss try to make it simple please don't try to follow any template from google please my humble request there i usually i usually feel that these are not the guys they are just following some amount of template from google and these are not their data they are just saying that market is that big and i'm going to get that amount of percentage how we don't know so why you need money because we don't know how we are going to penetrate the market and you are an investor you should invest so if you look at the opposite side of the table these are the kind of gap that i sometimes see and the big gap about sales strategy people always talk about their marketing strategy people don't people i mean to say the startups they don't talk about their sales strategy how they will sell and that's the key point of any business how you are going to sell so that's that's i, I think my take at least for last couple of years wherever i have seen uh, ventures sometimes we have to say no to them sometimes we have to give them suggestion uh, these are the lack that i have seen sales strategies um their their how how they are pitching like uh, probably they are trying to tell us this is a big problem in the world these are the kind of solutions that i have think of and they are lost with all those data like all those google data you know this is a research that has been done in such universities and these are the things please don't talk about them give one or two liner that's it talk about your solution what you can do don't talk about the problem there you are doing a lot of lot of your wasting time you're wasting your time you're wasting investors time don't talk about the problem talk about the problem for a simple liner talk about the solution more there we we usually get excited why you why you and how you any more questions makes sense makes sense and how easy is it uh, to approach global investors from india early stage i'm talking about angel seed kind of stuff because i'm going to be honest here with you our legal experience i just came back a few years ago has been that it's a really tough cookie Investor market in India. 
the early investors, angels and all that stuff, even in UPCJ, the amount of traction they expect uh, from a startup and the amount of uh, even the returns they expect is really not practical for that early stage of a company. As you rightly said, right? You know, they want five years, this, that, everything, whatever you say, they have a startup, ideation, maybe not ideation, but early traction, right? But they need to build enough to attract a good VC, right? That, the value of debt or whatever they call it. So, how easy feasible is it? I mean, you're a global person in, in the way you, you value companies, investments, etc. Is, is, is the climate okay? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is the investment climate and the uh, political climate, I mean, the loose relations and all that, is it okay to start going even outside for uh, capital early stage? Um, and how does that work? What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Uh, now there are. Provided the solution is global. Provided the solution is global. Sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for this question. It's an interesting one. Well, uh, to be very honest, uh, there are two different kind of approach. Are we looking for fund inside India? I mean, inside my Indian entity, or we are okay to get money into uh, some other country so that the foreign investor can invest. And the second part of it is, which is really interesting, why a foreign investor willing to invest into your Indian entity? Yeah. They need a little bit of advantage, they need a little bit of benefit. So if you can give them the benefit, then only the investment will happen. It can be, okay, I can, I can say that doesn't matter. It can be a Chinese investor, it can be Japanese, it can be US guys, it can be Europeans, but you need to understand their perspective. Why they are looking for an Indian entity, Indian company to invest in. Why they don't do it inside their country. If you dig into it, you will find a lot of different interesting factors. Now, if you can overcome those factors, it's going to be a smooth journey. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough. There are laws, I agree on that. There are laws which is not very cozy for, for neither for investors nor for investees. Okay. I usually recommend if you are looking for money as a idea stage startup and you need money from, uh, from a foreigner, if he is known person, I have nothing to say. If he is not known person, try to understand why he is interested about your business. I mean, what's the reason? Uh, try to understand it in the first stage. Of course, they will ask you a lot of questions. Of course, they will ask you a lot of high return because that's their expectation level. Our money value is really low compared to them. If you compare euro or dollar, we are not in a good shape. So, of course, in their mind, uh, $1 million is $1 million. It's not X amount of crores for India, which is a huge amount. When we talk about half a million, I know an Irish VC fund, they invested half a million dollars into one Indian entity. And there are other reasons why they did it. It's not about only love for the venture. So try to find out that other reason. It is tough. It's going to be tough. India till date don't have that kind of flexi rules. Even though on pen and paper it says flexi, but when it comes to reality, 
welcome to ground reality it's not that flexy so i usually recommend creating a holding company out of india in some ex, ex country i can't do that in a live workshop if you need those kind of uh, uh, knowledge I'm, i'm okay for any kind of offline talk as a as a consultancy service but yeah uh, even open in in some ex country with uh, probably a few bit of holding company approach and then you get money over there and then it is your duty and your cs duty how to manage the money and how to uh, make money and how to roll money that's going to be easy for you uh, but please remember if your approach is global and your product is actually global your solution is global global then only these things will happen i can see someone is uh, raising the yeah. yuvraj mehta sir am i audible yep sir so uh, uh, in your description um, uh, we got to know that you are also in the gaming space in india right man uh, i have been to gaming for 23 years it's not also uh, that's great so uh, my question is that currently in india there is a company called nazara technologies they are coming that's a publishing up in- house it's not a gaming house ha sir i mean they are into the gaming industry right? that's what i meant right. right they make mobile i mean they are into uh, uh, mobile phone gaming apps right so my i mean from an industry perspective you have been a part of the industry so from an industry perspective how do you look at this company does it have a a, a moat i mean uh, does it have a usp which stands out from other uh, publishing companies well first of all in india there are very few publishing houses so i completely go with uh, manish because uh, he started something which was not there so if you look at indian perspective we have lot of indie studios if you look at the gaming uh, companies perspective we have lot of indie studios maximum of them are indie studios we have uh, we have companies who are doing outsourcing job now yes, gaming is little bit of little bit of uh, unstructured as of now so uh, yeah. really really pardon me if you look at gaming uh, in india we have uh, uh in the studios we have uh, betting platforms we have skill gaming we have esports we have uh, studios we have outsourcing hubs we call all of them as gaming industry yeah yes sir yeah now when you look at nazara they are very specific that they will do publishing they will do publishing and they will sustain in publishing they expanded yeah. out of india long back when i traveled to taiwan uh, we we traveled together okay so i i explored out of india market long long time back probably yeah. then gaming in india was like i mean not a lot of people used to do that at least from my okay. my point of view yeah but i saw that they had that appetite to move from india to grab out of india gaming to bring them in india as a publisher so that's their one of the usp and that's one of the solo reason they have a expansion plan they have a appetite and they can do it with their marketing strategy you need to understand how publishing works in gaming yeah but if i look at indian market uh, there are companies who used to do game art and uh, they say that i am a gaming company well yes i mean you are a game art outsourcing company it doesn't give you a title that you are creating your own games yeah there are companies who are doing outsourcing job for others well great that's kind of saas model and uh, probably it's not your own game title which is which is making money if that's yeah. the case 
you are also a gaming company but if you really want to come out as a proper gaming studio you need to make your own title i think we are lacking a lot on there but coming back to your answer uh, they are doing massive work on publishing of course and i have complete vote for them and i'm sorry if i if we define uh, skill gaming as proper gaming those are different right betting is different betting okay, platforms sir. are not gaming yeah so sir uh, so uh, about the quality of management you said uh, you know uh, uh, you know him so uh, what, what do you have to say about the quality of management at nazara technologies why shall i discuss some other company in a workshop Yeah, exactly. Vikas, I think this is uh, even if it's a question that's been taken offline. I mean, this is this is a this is a seminar about general principles, you know, strategies and principles of contract funding. How do you present it? How to present your case? Uh, I don't think this is the forum to go in depth into some other company. Okay. Yeah, I'm really sorry. The first question, and I think Mr. Rajesh was correct enough to even answer the first question in depth, which is great. But it has to come back to the Purpose of the seminar. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sir. I'll, I'll try to reach out to you personally. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any other questions uh, for Sergeant on you know either your experience in funding when I think you know we can we can we can you have problems or how you want to approach it or any other any other any other thing related to this. Another question. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. and if you, if you have a question, please unmute yourself and ask. No problem. Uh, raise your hand so that we have an idea, and then uh, feel free to unmute yourself and ask. Um, one other question I have for you, Mr. Ajit, is that uh, technology investing, right, or capital, seems to be at least. I mean, it has gone through phases. There was one big spurt, then a lull, and then you know it's coming back on different aspects. But when you are talking about real product-based innovation, right? The capital is in more scarce. You know, people the risk appetite is bigger. The longer gestation period for it, you know, to hit the market and grow and all that. Those startups uh, struggle even more to raise money. I'm talking about not Series A or that. You see, it's a challenge, my friend. I mean, uh, if I look at uh, Indian perspective, we lack a lot to define ourselves as uh, why we need seed capital for a product company. It's a challenge. Whether you talk about deep tech, you talk about normal technology technology doesn't mean it technology is technology but when we talk about creating a product uh, it's a challenge for both both ways i'll tell you why sometimes we create a mvp which is not so cool we don't think from design thinking perspective i'm talking about the startups at the same time when we look at uh, investors perspective sometimes they fear a lot or probably there is a lack of knowledge about why they should invest in a product company a product technology company i'm talking about a technology company uh probably it can be a watch it can be a smart watch it can be a smart uh smart glass 
it doesn't matter but sometimes uh from investors perspective there is a lack of awareness i would say that it's not knowledge lack of awareness um okay i'll try to make it simple if you really want to manufacture new beer glass let me let me do like this it's, it's easy to say and you are manufacturing that glass where you don't know how people will hold it for what kind of consumers you are making you can say it's going to be a biodegradable beer glass and uh, yeah so it it will sustain for xyz years but when you look at the product when you try to hold it in your hand the grip is not proper it becomes like this like a vodka glass that's not beer glass okay and when you try to make it really cool the design thinking process probably needs a little bit of enhancement so i look at it from two different perspectives one how you are thinking your product second from investor perspective there is a lack of awareness so probably from incubation perspective we can have similar kind of workshop for for uh, hnis and investors what is the prospect of product based startups in india and if you wish my friend i'll be more than happy to offer our world leader summit platform we have a we have a council called uh, uh, hni academy we do such kind of workshop to give uh, angels and hnis the perspective of startup like why this product will run and why this product will not run what is our cause and what is their cause so they actually understand the consequences and sometimes the magic happens and it actually happened in one of the france based uh, startup they were struggling and when we did that workshop uh, they they could actually manage the money so if you wish i'll be more than happy to uh, have a handshake and contribute i'll be more than happy to help with my entire team to probably teach few bit of uh, uh, people or maybe we can do a awareness camp i'll be more than happy to do that i love my country and uh, of course i trust you so we can we can always do that thank you so much really grateful and um, because it's very important for us to look at our portfolio in this our incubator uh, close to 70% of our startups are product based wow and we have taken a lot of risk in 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 helping entrepreneurs or innovators who are into solutions which also the country needs as you said we love our country Right, so a lot of needs out there, but they are really struggling. I mean, of course, there was also this COVID and all that. Obviously, last one last year. But let us work and see how best we can make sure that they are successful. The other thing, as you rightly said, also will be facing the valuations again. So we really don't want to get into that. But sometimes we feel they want to be. They are happy. They are actually good businesses. You know, adding value to the country. You know, uh, in the GDP and whatever, you know, we don't have to be unicorns and this and that. It happens, good, but no problem. But you know, sometimes they have really good solutions. Uh, maybe they are not talking about the design thinking aspect as much as you like to say. We have to work through it. But it will be a tragedy and a travesty when some good solutions still don't make it because of just that little bit of you know gap. Small gap. Small gap. Agree. Small gap. Yeah. 
So we'll be really happy to reach out and really can I, can waiting I, can for I, this COVID to finish so that we can all start. Can I, can, I, can I ask you something? Can I ask yeah. you something? Your 70% of your um, startups, uh, uh, does their product solve, solve any kind of purpose for Russia then or probably for UAE, the entire UAE? I can, I can raise my hand and say that uh, I'll be more than happy to explore all of them if that fits into that market. I can try to uh, get, some, uh, get some probably some investors or some grants so that they can expand into their market. But I really need to understand what they're doing, what kind of solutions that they have. I, yeah. I'll try to make it simple. I'll try to make it simple. I actually um, took one, one uh, startup from Finland they build a solution for um, like like a room heater. It, it's basically a very small, tiny solution. It's a small box like this. When you put inside the room, and uh, it's uh, there is a size, of course, size of room. It's important, but they have got two, three different products like this, which can uh, which can act as a heater, as a room heater. So what happens if you look at these kind of countries in this? Baltic Sea region or maybe Balkan countries, they are really cold countries, right? Nine months down the line, they are into under, you know, under cold and they don't have any sun for six months. That's the situation. So what they did, it's a very simple solution. They clean the air inside the room and they try to give heat inside the room. That's their solution. And the pricing uh, strategy was really amazing. It was on a subscription model. It's a product-based startup. So I took them to these countries. They are doing a good amount of work, but I really need to, need to understand your 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 uh, solution providers. Like I was uh, listening to one guy who was pitching to me uh, from India. They were talking about um, uh, a super solution like like a chair, which is uh, not made from any kind of harmful chemical. I was really interested, and then I asked him the question that, what's the temperature? uh it can sustain like uh, how much you have experienced so far up lines and down lines now i cannot take that that solution to cold countries it will not sustain because it will break yeah so, yeah so there are some kind of things but yeah if you have startups whom you feel that i can take uh, towards gcc countries or maybe uh, this this belt a Baltic Belt, Balkans, I'll be more than happy to take. And of course, for Australia, if you feel we have some solution, I'll be more than happy. If you're talking about international market, I'll be more than happy. Thank you. I mean, we can connect offline on this. Uh, and uh, I would love to walk you through what we have. And many of them are so early stage. They have developed some successful POCs, uh, prototypes, etc. But definitely, we take this conversation. I'm really grateful that you are a, a kind voice. <laughs> to our uh, issue right now. Um, in fact, uh, you know, one of our startups just, uh, is, is in the call. He's, he's a paraplegic, right? And he's developed a, a, a standing wheelchair, right? And he's semi-automated and he wants to see if he can get a fully automated version at a lower cost than the German counterparts and maybe even IHNIs. So I mean, there's lots of interesting stuff. We'll connect offline. But from a pitching perspective, do they have to do something different? Uh, these product-based companies as opposed to a tech company or is the principles more or less the same? Because the quantum of funds needed usually is a bit bigger. 
for these guys. Uh, product based, uh, can I can I look at their can I look at their solution and the existing pitch deck so that I can comment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, this was a generic question. Uh, of course, the specifics we can go later on. Uh, this was not a specific. So if it is, if it is generic, then I, then I'll never say that they need to do something which is completely out of the box. I mean, it's not required. Just talk about your product, why it is uh, different, and. Uh, Talk about those things like your your management and your your future vision, how you want to penetrate. That's more than enough from my perspective. At least uh, what I have seen so far in in the international market, it works. And if you really want to raise money from internal international market, I think that's much more easier than India. I'm so sorry for this statement, but <laughs> it's much more easier than than India. I mean, if you really want to raise capital from Western countries, <laughs> it's easier. It's easier. Much easier. Much easier. I agree. Anyway, so that is really, I mean, gratifying that, you know, you can be our trying partner in trying to build these out. Uh, yeah, I think we have one more question. Nikki? Hi, uh, good morning, everyone. So, uh, my question is uh, that. Uh, I have a startup called Sheena Mobility, and we are into. Am I audible? A little bit of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a second. Just a second. Just a second. Uh, am I audible now? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Just Hi. trying to keep the questions a bit general, right? Not too specific on startups. Uh, okay, I have a specific question. No say. problem, you can ask. Maybe me. we can. Okay. Okay. So, uh, actually, uh, I am a technology uh, startup. We are manufacturing a stair climber that can climb stairs uh, with a payload capacity of 500 kg. So, uh, such a machine doesn't exist in Indian market, and uh, there is a demand. Like whoever I approach for uh, like customer feedback and validation purposes, and everyone appreciates the product. Everyone wants to uh, try the product and everything. The response is good in general. But uh, per se, there is no uh, similar product in the market. So how can I do my projections uh, for uh, for the fundings and everything that this would be my segment or how to uh, uh, do it in numbers? Like how can I do my projections uh, for the customer segments and everything? Okay. is i'm struggling with right now okay interesting okay um give me an answer that uh, why this product don't exist in india so uh, there are uh, six startups working in this domain and all of them are uh, present abroad in their own country only like there is no global presence of any of the startups and maybe that's the reason. And another reason is that uh, labor is pretty cheap in India and uh, labor health standards and everything are not maintained. This, uh, my machine would ensure labor safety and equipment safety uh, and uh, increase productivity. But uh, people rarely care about those things in India. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold, on hold on, brother, hold on. Yeah. You are actually giving your own answer. Do you realize that? That's the reason yes, I, I this question. The reason I asked you this question that why it doesn't exist in India, you are actually giving your own answer. Yes, so the trend is changing. I, I am aware about this scenario. I am fighting with the trend. 
but uh, to uh, when you try to when you try to give a when you try to give a projection for that uh, i'll be generic a little bit but sure sure probably, no probably, issue probably it will solve your purpose um, if this machine is not used for any kind of say a test case say uh, for for maybe Two kilometers range. You don't want to use this machine. You are using labors. What mm. will be the cost for a company, and what will mm. be the safety measure factors? If accident happens, who is responsible, and how much we need to invest for that? And if your machine comes, what is the kind of solution that it is giving? Is it optimizing the cost? How much optimization happening? How much it is affecting the society? Uh, can you please mute yourself, Nikki? I think there is a background noise. Yeah, sure, sure. Can, can yeah. you uh, moderate and uh, host, please mute everybody, except the person speaking. Yeah, and then uh, try to find out that whether your solution is a little bit of optimized than what they're doing. It can be uh, in a higher range, it doesn't matter. But is it a social issue that you're solving? Are you saving life? then there is no boundary of saving life. So do you realize, Nikki, that you are actually giving your own answer, that you are actually trying to do something which is not there into your product, you're actually saving lives. You're actually taking care of health measurement, okay? So if those are the cases, these are your small, small factors which you can try to put in numbers. It's challenging. I know it's a bit of challenging, but try to do a little bit of smarter. Try to understand without machine, what would be the cost? If the machine is there, what would be the cost? If accident happens, how much money probably will go for, for hospital cost, for medicines? And try to give an optimistic approach, like probably it may happen accident is 10%, just for taking an example. And if that happens, the cost will go higher level. And if my machine comes, I'm going to solve X, Y, Z. And if the kilometer is more than two kilometers as a volume, I come as a boon. That's one of the best way you, you can calculate it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I have been doing. There are two factors to this. One is uh, health benefits for labors. And another is uh, less hassle uh, in dealing with labors for employers. Like they complain a lot that uh, this labor is not coming on time and everything. The human inefficiency, basically. So uh, considering those two abstract aspects in terms of money is uh, quite challenging. And that's what like the perfect fit, I'm not able to find the perfect fit for yeah, that. Even, even I can't give you the answer because I have never ever seen your your uh, your deck. Like, I, I don't know how you have made it. Yeah, so I can have a look, I can try to help. Yeah, so sorry. Such specific questions are not disposed. We have to take it offline. Yes, no more about everything. We don't think even those who opinion. So, can you please take the questions with respect to what we're going to address today, which is basically the strategies of testing to attract funding, right? And of course, we have a soldier in our ecosystem, and we have the law, and we've been trying to have proper this uh, expert uh, expertise. So, we can work all that out, don't worry. But please stick to the 
Sure, sure. The, that's that was a apt answer. Thank you so much, uh, sir, both of you. And uh, maybe we can take this offline afterwards. Thank you so much for your answer. So, if we don't have a lot of questions, can we probably go for the closing? Uh... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's, it's past the time as well. So, first of all, thank you so much for coming uh, and addressing us and taking time from your schedule. I know you had a lot of travel and somehow you were kind enough to accommodate us in your calendar. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, also, thank you for very candidly sharing your point of view, uh, such that you know we can we can incorporate it directly into our work, and also for offering your services and your your expertise on trying to build our ecosystem here for the betterment of the country. Uh, and uh, we really hope for for us to be connected and take this forward from strength to strength. Uh, I mean, you bring the phenomenal breadth. And that uh, to this whole area of uh, entrepreneurship in general, I would say, uh, not just you know some aspects of it. So uh, thank you again, Mr. Uh, for for, uh, for for this delightful uh, webinar, and we look forward to being in touch and taking this forward. Always, always. Thank you so much. Thank you, audience. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Thanks everybody for joining. Have a nice day. Have a nice evening. Bye.